The Colburn Bible is a super powerful ancient text that I'm excited to share with you. This recording is actually from a YouTube video, which you can read along with and watch over at my YouTube channel, Reality Files, where I have a little series on the Colburn. Without further ado, let's dive in to the Book of Wisdom and the Colburn Bible. The Colburn Bible. My friends, this is one of the most amazing texts out there, and we're going to be reading a few of the passages herein. We're going to be diving into that ancient wisdom. This is an addition to the Gems of the Sacred Wisdom, a little series I have on the channel. You can look up that playlist. And this is, I don't know, maybe the fifth video on the Colbrin. The Colbrin is a compilation of basically the Egyptian Bronze Book which are stories and wisdom teachings that were embedded in clay tablets and passed down probably long before the, Egypt, the time of the Egyptians. This is the, in this book, the Sons of Fire. The Sons of Fire is really this divine tribe, this heavenly tribe that gives birth to many, many masters of wisdom, wisdom bringers. And, you know, it's all really designed to serve the destiny or the purpose of man, the higher purpose of man. I want to get into that in the following videos in this quick mini-series. I want to make part two on the twice-born mysteries, really the secret of secrets. But here, my friends, I want to dive into the brotherhood and then some of the mystery school teachings of Lucius. So everyone into you know the ancient text, the ancient wisdom, let's dive in together. And everyone not come back at a later date. Um, you can go download the Coburn Bible on my website. There's a link in the description for that. And you know check out my other videos on it. But without further ado, my friends, so much could be said about this book. I love the frank text, the frank way of speech that really speaks to you. And, you know, so many of the mysteries unveiled and just clarified within this book. So, yeah, hopefully I can share some of that with you guys. I don't see many people on YouTube talking about this. So put this video out there wherever you can and hit that like button. Let's dive in. The Brotherhood. Brothers in Belief. There are two roads through life, the road of good and the road of evil. They are not clearly defined roads and often run side by side and sometimes cross each other. Those who travel without a guide or in darkness often mistake one road for the other. We are those who have chosen to walk in light, a brotherhood of men who travel the road of good together in companionship. We are companions on the great path of the true way, and when an instructing brother speaks of the great path of the true way, he speaks of a double path. The companions of the right hand are those who bear the burdens of earthly labor and advancement, for they require strength, dexterity, and sturdiness. The companions of the left hand are those who bear the burdens of spiritual labor and enlightenment, things closer to the heart of man. This is talking about the tribe structure. My friends, this tribe was specifically designed to produce perfected initiates. Perfected initiates like, you know, Jesus Christ is a good example, or Krishna, or the Buddha, or Odin, or Votan, or Quetzalcoatl, or all the messiahs, or Zoroaster. You know, there's been so many perfected initiates. And these perfected initiates, we're going to get into the mystery of that in the next video. So stay tuned. The Brotherhood is separated into two parts. There's an earthly brotherhood, and though it may be small in number and have few possessions, this will not always be so. We are in a time of great awakening, my friends. There is also a heavenly brotherhood. 
comprising certain of the twice-born and their followers who have gone before. Their task is to clear the netherworld of demons and dark spirits and prepare the way for those to f who follow. They are like men who enter a new country and must clear it of wild beasts and bring the land under control. It is the task of those above and those below to build a road, a road joining the two territories. The heavenly brotherhood, my friends, sometimes is referred to as the, you know, the, the White Lodge or the Brothers of the White Lodge or, you know, the Tribe of Light. Um, yeah, that's for the next video. Your brother is not well equipped to instruct in earthly matters and therefore leaves it to another. The caravan moves quicker when each man rides his own camel. In spiritual matters, the most important is that each man should awaken his own soul, a task far more difficult than it may appear, but for which earth is the dedicated instrument. This is where we really begin, my friends. A lot of people watching this up to this point are were spiritually aware, you know, maybe we're working with some of the ancient texts and, and practices. But... This this really resonates true for me, and I think I'm going to read without further interruptions for a little while here. The first objective to attain towards this end is self-taming. Just as a horse has to be broken before it can be of any service, so has the mortal body of man to be tamed and brought under control. To do this requires not only self-discipline, but the ability to rise above earthly conditions. No easy task, for earth is a hard taskmaster and a worthy adversary, and the mortal body of man is an unruly steed. So, self-taming, groundedness. Most of the time, mystery schools you know, would only initiate individuals who exemplified high moral character, you know, first, groundedness. And I guess self-taming in the sense of like self-mastery, getting your feet on the earth, and can we master ourselves on this plane? Because this is, literally, this is only level one. There is so much more beyond this. The duties, the obligations, and the restraints by which those who follow the great path of the true way direct their steps are not imposed capriciously. They are, in fact, no more than the bare essentials covering the first steps. This is why everyone, before admittance to the brotherhood, must accept every obligation and decree covering our way of life. We do not claim to know the only path. Undoubtedly, there are others but we claim to know the best. The top of the mountain may be reached by many paths, but the shortest is one is always the hardest. So this is the shortest. Supreme personal spiritual experience is undoubtedly the best source for the foundation of true spiritual faith. My friends, in Buddhism, there's an idea of gnosis through faith, right? And, you know, the... the, the the Cathar idea of gnosis or the, the Gnostic idea of gnosis or spiritual knowing comes through supreme personal spiritual experience, works and faith, you know. And that's why, you know, sitting on top of a mountain your whole life ain't going to get you there necessarily. And just being in the world, just being your personality isn't going to get you there. But both. It begins with the development of latent spiritual powers through meditation. When you are ready, this is how you awaken the soul. Seek out a place of solitude, a place away from the abodes of men, a place that is restful and quiet. Take a skin and a little food and water, just sufficient for your needs. Now turn your thoughts inward, harmonizing them with the rhythm of the body. 
Let your spirits seek harmony with the spirit flowing about it. Let your spirits seek harmony with the spirit flowing about it, so that the two become one. This is hermeticism, my friends. While at your meditations, neither overeat nor undereat, for there must be harmony in your eating and sleeping, in your relaxation and activity. I just, I just went out into the wilderness and did this, and I'm going again uh, in the middle of the summer. You can watch my video on self-initiation that kind of discusses this. But letting your, your spirit seek harmony with the spirit flowing about it. When we're in nature, when we're alone, you know, that's where we can find that. One second. To become one who knows the joys of spiritual self-consciousness, to have a truth-revealing vision transcending anything knowable by the senses, to rise above the bondage of pain and sorrow, and to free the spirit from the shackles of the body at will is something unattainable by spiritual meditation alone. Leading to this road is the path of moral self-discipline and courage. The creed that teaches spiritual things alone is as barren as the one concerned only with earthly things. This is facts, my friends. This is why I love the Colburn. It's not so dogmatic. It's like, yes, the middle way. You know, and it's this intertwined, like, the, free the spirit from the shackles of the body at will. Like, that, that might be a direct quote, you know, from Thoth. Uh, we're going to dive into the Emerald Tablets coupled with the Coburn in the next video. You know, there, there's hermeticism. There's so much weaved in here. Your brother will not set forth in writing all things concerning the awakening of the spirit. They would be of no use until the moral foundation is laid. Such teaching must remain within the higher circle of those who travel the right-hand path and not disclose to the uninitiated. Let the prayer upon your admission be always fresh in your memories. Great Supreme Creator, craftsman of earth and the multiple spheres, grant that our brothers may always remain loyal, that he will day by day become ever more worthy and so dedicate and devote his life to the service of mankind and the completion of its purpose, that he shall forever walk in the light of truth. Grant him the crown of wisdom, the garments of knowledge, and let him be shod with diligence. Grant him the strength to abide by our instructions and disciplines so that these and by his and with these and by his own efforts, he may awaken within him the true beauties of, sp of the spirit. Add your strength to his weakness, that he may overcome the, his, all selfish motives and unworthy desires. Help him in his self-taming, so that he may combat the tendency inherent in men towards anger, greed, and self-pity. Strengthen him, that he may overthrow the Overthrow the evils of tail-bearing, malice, and jealousy. Grant him the ability to see with the eye of understanding the defects and shortcomings of his brothers and emulate their goodness. Wow. That prayer really puts in perspective the culture of this tribe. What a beautiful culture of like literal high priests and warriors dedicated to fulfillment of of mankind's purpose the com or, or the completion of mankind's purpose as they say here so that's kind of an introduction my friends a better introduction to the colbrin there's amazing text in here right the book of wisdom we can dive into i want to dive into the twice born mysteries but right here i want to talk about prophecy 
I might cut the video right here and leave this for the next part. But this kind of gets into a second phase of the video that I'm just going to go into without further ado. Let's keep it rolling. Chapter 11. I, I forget what book we're in right now. This is the book of Lucius. Okay. The book of Lucius, the man god, is an incredible chapter. We're going to save that for the next video too. But, okay. Book of Lucius, Colburn Bible, 11.1. 1. The Vision of Evening. This land, which once was the school of spiritual enlightenment, is still the sanctuary of spiritual civilization. Though we are cut off from our brothers over the waters, even now terrible foreigners press about. So this is kind of like the end of this beautiful tribe, right? And this is the master of wisdom speaking. Yet I still laid the charge upon you, go forth and speak. Okay. The matron of the coming days will bear strange children, aliens, blind to the light of beauty and nobility. This is prophecy of our day, I believe. The matron of the coming days will bear strange children, aliens, blind to the light of beauty and nobility. The chants of weird forms of worship will be heard, and meaningless hymns will echo through the land. The devotional places will be wreathed in uh, agnosia. And the purity of white enlightenment will be exchanged for the drab of blackness of ignorance. Men will cease to seek their soul spirit sustenance in the light and will feed on the agnosia. Unknowingly, darkness will be preferred to the light. The theme of life will be death and death will be, even be idolized in the form of a man. The righteous man will be held up to scorn. The righteous man will be held up to scorn, and the irreligious will be deemed wise. Just like the Bible said, wisdom begins with, with the knowledge of God. Those, who twisted, those with twisted minds will be held intelligent, and those who declare that good can only serve a worldly end will be considered righteous. All this will result from spiritual poverty and a lack of enlightenment. Yet they will declare themselves rich and enlightened. The impoverished cannot surround themselves with grandeur. And this applies both to the flesh and of the spirit. Consideration for the soul spirit will be non-existent. And belief in its immortality will be treated as jest. The mind of man will either be set on worldly things or be clouded by a fog of spiritual darkness. There will be no respect for spirituality. There will be persecutions and wars, riots and looting. All manner of deceit and oppression will be practiced in the name of angry and revengeful gods. <laughs> wow. Worse still, all this will be practiced in the name of good, and men will blindly accept what they are told and execute orders running contrary to their natures. Like Jesus said, don't do what you hate. When spirituality has reached its lowest ebb and religion has decayed, the wheel will turn again. The great wheel, my friends, is talking about ages. It's talking about the procession of the equinox. Man will either rise up with an influx of spiritual regeneration or go down utterly, perish in the dark depths of moral degeneracy. The world cannot be permitted to remain a spiritually festering sore failing to serve any purpose. Look at the world around us today, my friends. Everyone is searching for meaning. 
We cannot find the purpose of Earth anymore. There's a thousand and one aims, as you know Nietzsche would say. There's a thousand and one aims, but what's the one? What's the one aim? To aim beyond man, you know? Like man is but the bridge. Failing to serve any purpose. Man is here for something beyond man and Earth. You know, Earth is here to serve something, and this must be understood these days. My friends, we are living in the polarity of polarities in this modern day. In the modern day, we are seeing this utter polarity of like those who are not awakening and, you know, living without serving any purpose and just perishing in the dark depths of moral degeneracy. The internet is mostly porn. Let's think about that, you know. There are things buried in the future with which it is unprofitable to deal. So what is said must suffice. Better by far to deal with the problems of today, which Lucius was speaking about. Though even these are less important than learning the secrets of the true way. The awakened soul spirit of man becomes filled with a yearning, not there before, an overwhelming desire for constant communication or unity with the sphere of the Holy Spirit. As this manifests more strongly and desires and inclinations tend to disappear, the soul spirit grows from strength to strength. Strength bestows greater strength, my friends. Source yourself. Since the earth is the work of the Supreme Spirit, he who cherishes and improves it or adds to its beauty and goodness becomes an assistant to the Creator. This is a position all should aspire to. For the earth must not be uncouth or unadorned. Those who benefit most from life are those who serve it best. This is what I love about the Coburn, my friends. It's not just about, oh, let's practice spirituality and meditate and go into the mountains and read all these texts. It's like, like those who are given the, like those who are given the most, the most is expected of them. That's a quote from the Colburn. Those who benefit most from life are those who serve it best. You know, the way to awaken your soul is through supreme spiritual personal experience. It's really about service to the purpose of man. It's about giving forth your gifts, living in alignment with your nature, and really setting your sight, setting your courage, setting your ambition on the truth of your na- on the truth out here, on what is possible. You know, on that on that perfected individual. You know, like the Buddhists call it nirvana per se, like heading to nirvana. You know, the yogis, it's union with God. That's what yoga is. Religion is union with God. I have spoken of the man-god, of the very few who are gifted with purity of mind and high intellect, those, who are, those ones who should marshal the forces of mankind to serve the Creator. But all too often, good men are not great men, and great men not good. As things are, the man who is both good and great is a rarity. Holy shit, my friends. Good men are not great men, and great men not good. This is what's needed right now in in this day and age, my friends, is leaders who are both great and good to rise up, you know, and really, like, usher in this new era, per se. This this passage, 11.9, always hits home for me. To be spiritual means living life to the fullest in its widest sense, making conscious contact not only with the sphere of matter and mortality, but with the sphere of Holy Spirit. As this, me- as this means that the spiritual man differs from ordinary men, the crowd is not able to understand him, and often he is treated with scorn. 
This does not deter the spiritual man who knows the mockery and scorn of the crowd are usually directed against someone superior to it. When I was held up in ridicule, scorn, and even believed mad, I felt flattered. <laughs> My friends, like Nietzsche echoes this. And at the beginning of Nietzsche's, you know, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, <laughs> he's just like, no one has said this is my philosophy for thousands and thousands of years, you know? But he knew someone once said it. And it's like, dang, you know? Do you resonate with that? Ridicule, scorn, believed mad? You know, I was humiliated by almost everyone I knew. I felt flattered, though. Because you're sane in an insane world when normal has degenerated so... F like, normal is craziness today. It's literally insanity beyond it's beyond me reality and truth are not to be found on earth through man um are not to be found on earth though man being more than mortal can conceive their existence and some may even be granted a divine vision of them my friends this is hermeticism we're talking about the manifest and the unmanifest this is also yoga you know we have the ma material the illusion and then we have, you know, basically the, the trinity or the triad of truth up there. How can such qualities exist in this sphere where good is adulterated with evil, where there is no stability, where pain, sorrow, decay, and change press in on every side? How can any unstable, changeable thing be real? How can it be true to itself? Everything that is unstable changes and therefore falls is therefore false to itself and false is unreal my friends when saying unreal here it just means changeable perishable anything to be real has to be a permanent substance reality is invisible it's that permeating ether through all things it is the formless plane where things manifest from this is getting pretty deep into hermeticism and creation and if we go read you know we can go read the kabbalion or the emerald emerald tablet or we can go read um what is it the corpus hermeticum literally this might this might quote the corpus hermeticum right here the real is something unchanging when a man can conceive that what truth and reality actually are he stands on the threshold to comprehending the the supreme spirit when a man can conceive what truth and reality actually are he stands at the threshold of comprehending the supreme spirit yoga practice samadhi is, is a good example of this. The bodiless body. My friends, this is going to be transitioning us into part two, the much deeper mystery teachings. If you made it this far, I encourage you to go follow my mystery school channel. It's called Immortal Truth. I don't share it publicly. I let people find it who are meant to find it. But it's called Immortal Truth out there. And it's where I'm going to share probably these types of teachings. I'm just going to give you a little taste of what's coming up next, though. My friends, I see myself as one of those who have been granted a divine vision, a gift of insight beyond that of most men. These things come to me through grace of the Holy Spirit. This I know beyond any doubt. I have broken through the closed ring of mortality and have taken possession of the deathless body. My friends, all of hermeticism at the root of it is about immortality and the immortal body. Okay, the immortal body of man and hermetics. Literally, like, it's so crazy. You go read other things about hermetics, and yeah, there's the laws and everything, but like, if you go read Hermes, everything that's left of Hermes, most of it is all or 
oriented around the immortal body and immortality. And I'll show you just like a quick little sneak peek here. I've been gathering stuff on the on the immortal body for a long time here. Um, you know what? I can't seem to find it right now. Screw it. The deathless body. I am now and this is the words of Lucius, a master of wisdom. I am now an awakened soul, clothed in spirit, and having drunk the waters of life in the in the sphere above, am more than mortal. Would that I could explain this better to your understand. Would would that I could. Would that if I could, I'd explain it better to your understanding. But the things which can be easily taught of this world only, and higher things can be learned only by direct experience of the sphere of the Holy Spirit. My friends, in the next video, we'll be diving into. Some of the Emerald Tablets. The Emerald Tablets, Chapter 4 of Thoth, is called The Spaceborn. Right? Free from the body, I flashed through the night. Unlocked at last for me was the star space. Free was I from the bondage of night. Now to the end of space sought I wisdom far beyond the knowledge of finite man. This is a quote from Thoth. Right in the Emerald Tablets, talking about when he was spaceborn, when he freed himself from the bondage of night, right, and he opened the door to the kingdom of light. So, my friends, so many mysteries and gems being unlocked here. Hit that like button, share this video, the Colburn Bible, some of the most potent passages in here. And again, there's like 855 pages of the Colburn. Having someone like me who's gone through this and organized the gems. I hope you find to be very helpful in, you know, kind of directing your studies. And I hope you got a lot out of this, my friends. Thank you so much for being here, tribe. Thank you so much for your search, your quest, and may your journey continue ever and upward towards the light. Peace and love, my friends. Hit that subscribe button. I'll see you next time.